Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast. And today I'm joined by one of my really great friends, one of our partner missionaries, Todd Blackhurst, who he and his family have been serving in Taiwan for quite some time now. Uh, Todd, welcome on. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about you, about your family, about how you ended up in Taiwan and give us some of the details, some of your background. Hey, Zach. It's really good to be here with you, especially, and also to be here actually in person rather than across the ocean. Mm. As you know, our family's been back in the States for a few months, and so um, I'm really glad to be able to join you today to do this. Um, Our story started when we actually came to Trinity Baptist in 2003. Uh, I was on staff here. I I was eight years old, by the way. You were just a (laughs) youngin', that's right. Uh, our story, our our story goes back quite a ways, and we can talk about that a little bit maybe later well, on. Well, we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather you not talk about some things. But um, the pastor David Evans at the time, and I, and Tracy Ward, who was the missions pastor, got together, and we really wanted to see our young people, the youth, have an opportunity to experience missions firsthand. And our hope was that by doing that, by going overseas and sharing the gospel, that God would call some of them to the mission field. So um, Tracy had a friend, uh, the Burroughs, who were living and working in Tanzania, Africa. So in 2004, we took a small group. I think there were five or six of us, John Smith, um, uh, a, couple, a few others uh, went to Tanzania, and uh, that was my first international trip. I'd never, I'd been to Mexico and I'd been to Canada, but um, never anywhere else. And so we flew across the ocean and um, went to Tanzania to check it out to see if that was a potential opportunity for us to take young people to. And it was a life-changing trip for me. I really believe that's where my call to missions happened. Um, so I, we came home and I was unpacking the suitcase on the floor, trying to tell Krista about it. She was pregnant with Andrew at the time. And I said, honey, I really feel like we need to just sell everything. I felt guilty for, you know, having all the stuff that we had. Mm. I said, we just need to sell everything and move to Africa. (laughs) And she said, over my dead body, you know, (laughs) this is not going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, you know, that's probably not a good thing. Um, (laughs) So anyway, I kind of set that on the back burner and just figured, well, you know, maybe not now or or maybe I was wrong or I I didn't know. So uh, Africa, Tracy and and David and I agreed Africa was probably not the best place to take young people. We figured that out on that trip. So at Christmas that year, uh, Mark Persall, who was serving in Taichung, Taiwan, was home and he spoke at Trinity that Christmas for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And after the service was over, I went up to him and I said, hey, can you tell me about Taiwan? Number one, where is it? Because I, I didn't really have any <laughs> idea. And two, would it be a place that we could bring some young people? And he said, absolutely, um, here's where it is. And yes, it would be a great place for you to bring young people over. So we began to work on a trip for the following summer, 2005. And in 2005, we took, I think, 20 young people. It was our, our first big trip. Um, 
and we we flew to Taiwan. We we went to Taichung, and it was un it was amazing. We got to talk about Jesus every day, multiple times a day. We were just running into people, and they were saying, "Why are you here? You know, why did you come here?" And we were working at this uh, sports university, which we have a long history with now, and. Um, we we talked we got to share the gospel over and over and over again and it was exactly what we had hoped for. Mm. So we came home and we just we said why don't we go back and do that again? So we went back in 2006, uh, 2007, 2008. We started to build relationships. We saw young people start coming to Christ as a result of our sharing the gospel. We were working with a local missionary there in Taiwan. And it was great. Um, honestly, Zach, I never, from the time I told Krista I thought we were going to move to Africa, all through those years, I really never thought about moving overseas again. Uh-huh. Maybe there were occasional thoughts about, boy, wouldn't it be fun or something like that. But I wasn't thinking that whole time, I want to be a missionary in Taiwan. Right. Um, and Krista and I never talked about it. We never had a conversation. But God was working in our lives, both of our lives. God started to work on her heart. Um, she, she would tell you her story if she was here, that, that God began to convict her and say, uh, you know, if, if, if God is calling us to be missionaries, then I don't want to stand in the way of that. And so God began to change her through some different Bible studies and things that she went through. And mm. So um, every year I would ask her if she wanted to go with me. And she would say no, that she felt um, it was not a good thing for both of us to be across the ocean with young kids and, you know, stuff like that. And so that was fine. Makes sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, finally, in 2012, I'm sorry, 2011, I got tired of her saying no. And so I just bought her a (laughs) non-refundable ticket. As you do. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I said, you're going. You know, there's there's no choice. You have to go. I can't get my money back. So she went. And she had a great time, and it was really wonderful to see her get to experience all the things that I was getting to experience all those years. Was it the foot massages that really pushed her over? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think she did that, actually. I'll have to go back and look through my pictures or yeah. ask her. Uh, so 2012, um, that year was kind of the turning point. We, we had been asking the local missionary to help us partner up with a local church for the previous couple of years. And because of a unique policy that the, the missionaries had at that time in Taiwan, they weren't working with local churches. Um, that's a whole nother discussion, not worth getting into here. But um, so we weren't being connected to a local church. And that was very frustrating with us because we really believe in the local church. Mm -hmm. Trinity believes in the local church. Obviously, it's a local church. I believe in the local church. We wanted to partner with the local church, and we weren't getting to work with the local church. And to connect the students we were meeting to a local church, right? Exactly. That was the whole point. And so I asked if we could meet with the head of the mission board in Taiwan and say, I I wanted to express to him our frustration and try to figure out a solution. So on the last day of our trip in 2012, 
we met in Taipei 101 in the food court. We had a, a meal together, and I remember who all was there. The Ritters were there. It was me, uh, Mark Chung, our, our good friend, and Jim and uh, Becky Graham, who was the head of the, the board at that time. And I, I was kind of angry. I was just like, Jim, what is going on here? Why can't we get connected to a local church? And, you know, in the providence of God, I, I just trust that God did all these things according to his will. Jim stuck his finger out, pointed at me, and he said, listen, if you want to come over here, if you, I'm sorry, he said, if you want to fix it, you've got to come over here and fix it. Something to that effect. <laughs> and I, I got really it just made me angry. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, we have been coming over here for this last many years. We brought X number of people to come over here and yeah. work and serve and share the gospel. And we're, we're probably one of the most committed churches you have to Taiwan. And, and he said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying all of you. He said, I'm saying you. And he was talking about me. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, the Lord just convicted me. The Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, yeah, it's your turn. And that was the moment that God convicted me and said, yeah, you need to come over here. And it was really powerful. And I was terrified, and I said, are you crazy? <laughs> I said, I'm 44 years old. I, I can't move to Taiwan. I have a family. I have... I, I can't learn Mandarin Chinese. I mean, nobody does that at an older age. And, mm-hmm. and Jim said, I was 44 when I learned Mandarin Chinese. And See, that's not what I asked Jim. <laughs> exactly, I yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not asking for help. I'm asking, <laughs> get me out of here. So anyway, I flew home, and I remembered what Krista had said all those years ago about Africa. And I was like, well, there's no way. There's your out, right? Yeah, there's my out. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's not doing this. And so uh, we, I, I was terrified to talk to her because I just thought she's going to say no and what is God going to do? And, uh, you know, I just didn't, just didn't have a solution to that. Well, she, um, well, I waited a week. I just, I would sit in my office here at the church and, you know, probably do nothing. I don't know. I was worthless <laughs> for a week. And uh, every day I would just pray and say, God, what am I supposed to do? And finally, at the end of the week, like Friday morning, I realized, you know what? The solution's right in front of me. I'll ask her. She'll say, no, I'm off the hook <laughs> because God's not going to ask us to do something that we're not agreed on. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm okay. It's, it's really okay. So I called her up and I asked her to meet me at Sharky's. So we went to Sharky's, we had lunch, and after lunch I said, why don't we just go sit in the car for a little bit, which I never do. I mean, I never do anything like that. And she was like, okay. And so we went out and sat in the car, and she said, what's going on? She's like, you already proposed to me, Tom. <laughs> I know, yeah. And uh, I said, um, I thought, you know, just do it. And I said, what do you think about moving to Taiwan? And without missing a beat, she said, Let's do it. And then I said, are you nuts? <laughs> now the fear really <laughs> yeah, sets now, in. <laughs> now, now I was terrified. I was like, what are you, crazy? And so that, yeah, that started the, the journey. And then 
you know, I went to some of my closest friends and uh, asked them if they asked them to pray about it and uh, consider my life and character and path and did they see this as what God was doing in my life and they all agreed that it was the right thing to do. I came to the church, talked to Nate and asked for the church to uh, be our sending church and Trinity got behind us and um, then things, pieces started to fall together and, and people said, you know, it'll take you a couple of years to get everything in order and and it really took us about nine months. You know, God was just in it, and um, so it all worked out. So the next summer, June 2013, we mm. were on a plane, and we we moved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it. You know, that's the start of the story. Yeah, I I'll always remember 2013. I was a senior in high school, so that was the last year that I went on the short-term Taiwan trip through Trinity, and that was. That, that was the year that your family, all of your family went on that short-term trip, and then y'all stayed, and we came back. Mm-hmm. And that was the start of y'all's time there. So yeah. I can always remember it was 2013 because that was the year yeah. that I graduated from high school. Yeah. So, um, so now you're in Taiwan. So let's go ahead and get a description of your ministry, what it's looked yeah. like over the years, what, it, what you hope that it will look like uh, this coming year, um, what you dream about, just kind of give us some insight into what you're doing over there in Taiwan and yeah. how the Lord's working. Sure. It's changed some over the years. When we, when I first went, um, we, we took our whole family, you know, I've got three kids at the time they were eight, 11 and 14. And now they're all grown up, you know, they're all back here in the States now. So, um, I went to language school for two, a little over two years. And had a migraine the whole time. Had a migraine the whole time, (laughs) yes. That's absolutely true. But it was so worth it, you know, so worth it to learn not just the language, but our our Chinese teachers taught us the culture as well and Mm -hmm. how to understand what people, not just how to talk to people, but why they were, what they were saying, why they were saying it. Right. You get to so. learn just how wrong we have been doing things for the last 15 years. <laughs> no, just there's another way to do things. Right. <laughs> there was always another thing. I remember, I, I remember sitting in class and we would have these books. Uh, and so the, the, the books would have, we would learn a new grammar pattern or something. And the book would have the first half of a sentence. And then you would have to complete the second half of the sentence. Mm-hmm. And so I would write my answer to the second half of the sentence and the teacher would walk around and she would, the Asian students like from Japan or Korea or wherever, she would look at their answers and she'd, oh, very good, very good. (laughs) And she would get to my book and she would just be like, she would, her face would just kind of curl up and she would be like, why would you write that? (laughs) I was was doing my best, you know, I was like, I, I, this is what the right answer, isn't it? And she was like, we would never say that. <laughs> Were you the only American in there? Uh, in the upper levels, yeah. Yeah. At the oh, at man. the first at the beginning, there were some other Americans, but yeah, mm. it was it was pretty <laughs> rough. So, but yeah, you did it. You I stuck did it. Out. I stuck it out. Yeah. Um, as that progressed, uh, because over the previous years on the short term trips, we had done so much college ministry. That's really where we started out focusing was college ministry. So we were working 
with Tai Chung Baptist Church, one of the local Taiwanese churches, which is what I went over there to do, partner with a local church. Mm-hmm. And so we started, um, I just started volunteering at these local colleges to lead like English conversation classes. And I still do that today. It's a great way to build friendships and relationships with the universities to just say, hey, you're, they're trying to improve their English. Taiwan wants to become a bilingual country by like 2040 or something like that. And so they want opportunities for their young people to interact with native speakers. So um, I can just go and say, hey, I'll, I'll lead a conversation class and you know, we get to talk about these great existential questions. And so it, it often leads into religious discussions, which over there is no big deal. You know, um, so, um, and they don't care because they're speaking English. So it's just, it's just this great opportunity. But by doing that, it built these friendships with the department heads and chairs of the English departments and, and even other university departments. And then we have the mission teams, like the teams that come here from Trinity every year. And that opened the doors for us to say, hey, I've got a group of people from Texas who are willing to come over here on their own dime for a week and spend with your students. And the university is just kind of overwhelmed by that Mm -hmm. and willing to give us time in their classrooms, uh, other opportunities to interact with students, and that opens up all kinds of gospel opportunities for us to do. So that's what I did for the first few years was uh, just focus mainly on that. Mm-hmm. Um, we started, uh, and I, I still do that today, so we're still doing that. You guys are bringing a team over in June, which will piggyback on some of the work that we're doing. We've got teams coming over in October also. Um also, about eight years ago, actually eight years ago this week, we started Taichung International Fellowship, mm. which is uh, an English-speaking international church. And that's the church that I pastor um, when I'm there in Taiwan. I'm the lead pastor. And uh, started out as just a group of about 20 people. It's grown to about 150, and um, it ministers to... Uh, Anybody who feels like, uh, anybody who, um, well, uh, what am I trying to say? People who are um, living and working in Taiwan, Chinese is not their first language. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our members, even English is not their first language. But it's the, they can't find a church in their mother tongue, so English is the closest language they can speak in. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people come. We do have a lot of native English speakers, and then we have a significant number of Taiwanese people who come, and the Taiwanese people, many of them lived abroad for some portion of their life, and many of them came to faith in a English-speaking church, or they had experience with an English-speaking church, loving them and caring for them, and they came back to Taiwan, and they want that to continue, so we continue to minister to them there. Mm-hmm. So we've seen a number of people come to faith uh, through our church there. Yeah, and it really is an international church. I mean, yeah. many countries represented 20 to at 25, TIF. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's a really wonderful place. Then out of TIF, uh, three years ago, 
we started Hope Fellowship Church, which is a Taiwanese church. And um, that church is doing great. We hired a Taiwanese church planter, Wenluan Chen, and he and his family came and joined us and then planted uh, Hope Fellowship, which is a, a, a Mandarin-speaking church. And then last year we hired, um, well, well, he raises part of his support and we contribute to part of his support, uh, Cornelius Yap and his wife Winnie. And they are from originally from Indonesia by way of Australia where he went to seminary. And they have come to work with the Indonesian uh, people group in Taiwan. And, and some of you may be saying, well, Indonesians in Taiwan, what's that about? And that's okay. Um, Taiwan allows, uh, uh, similar to in America, there's a lot of jobs that maybe Americans don't want to do, so we bring in foreign laborers. Mm -hmm. It's the same situation in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So Taiwan allows four groups of Southeast Asians to come, Indonesians, uh, Vietnamese, um, Malaysians, and Filipinos. And so they can make more in Taiwan in a year than they can make in their home country. So Indonesians is the largest people group. And as you know, I'm sure it's already been shared on your podcast or you've talked about it here at the church. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. And it's quite difficult for an Indonesian to become a Christian in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. However, outside of Indonesia, it's much easier for them to become a Christian. So that's the, our goal in Taiwan is to reach Indonesians with the gospel outside of their country, help them to have some growth, spiritual growth, and then send them back. And we have connections back in Indonesia mm -hmm. as well with Christian churches and Christians to connect them back to when they go back. Yeah, and just because they can make more in Taiwan doesn't mean that they're making a lot of money, right? It's, it's not, still you know, one of the. Um, it's a tragedy. The yeah, it's not like they're getting rich. Right, they're getting. I mean, it's definitely yeah. It's it's enough where they can go back home after ten years or so, and honestly, they can never become Taiwanese citizens. Their visas are very limited. Mm -hmm. They can stay for up to I think thirteen years at this point. And at the end of that 13-year period, they'll have earned enough money to go back home and buy a small plot of land and maybe build a house. So for them, it's worth it. Right. But compared to what our standards here are in the West, it's a pittance. Is it, is it typical for these uh, Indonesian people, for their whole family to come to Taiwan or they just can't. for the man? No, only the person with the visa is allowed to come. You cannot bring your family. So mm -hmm. many of the workers, the men leave their wives and children in Indonesia. Many of the female workers who serve, the men work in factories mm -hmm. or fishing boats. Yeah. The women serve as caregivers for elderly people and they leave their children in Indonesia, like with the grandparents or whatever. They'll leave their families for years at a time mm -hmm. and come and live in Taiwan. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah, people who need the gospel, right? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Then uh, this next year, we are partnering with a couple of other organizations in Taiwan, like-minded uh, Christian organizations, to hopefully plant another Taiwanese church. That's our goal. We have 
a potential church planter that's attending Hope Fellowship right now. And so when I get back, we'll begin working with him, he and his wife, and look forward to maybe seeing another Taiwanese church planted this next year. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I really love about Mission Taiwan's vision with church planning is the idea of um, having the leadership of the church be people who are local, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so uh, the fact that Winland is a, a local to Taiwan and gets yeah. to lead Hope Fellowship is right. the ideal situation. Absolutely. To be able to reach his own people yeah. with the gospel, right? Yeah. So, yep. so right. We, we will pray for another church plan in yeah. Taiwan. Certainly. Hopefully I can introduce you to this guy pretty soon. Yep. So uh, there's difficulties with any any anyone who serves overseas. There's a lot of difficulty associated with that. And we like to ask our partners who get a chance to be on the podcast with us, what is the hardest part of ministry for you? And so I'll just put that question out there. For you in Taiwan, what's the most difficult, the hardest part of your ministry there? Yeah, I'd say there's a couple things that um, I, I thought about when you asked me that question earlier. I, I thought... What would I say is difficult? Because it's not hard to live in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Taiwan's not a, you know, it's not, we don't suffer in Taiwan. Right. Like physically. It's just hot. It's just hot. Yeah. Well, we do, <laughs> I guess we do suffer. Ask my wife. She'll tell you she suffers in the summer. Um, I suffer in the winter. She suffers in the summer. <laughs> if, there, if there's an actual winter in Taiwan, you yeah. could call it. Um, the, one of the hard things about Taiwan is that... Um, you know, culture, I, I mentioned learning about the Taiwanese culture earlier in our Chinese classes. And around the world, this is true in many places. Um, and I think here in the West, we don't experience that as much because America uniquely takes so many different cultures and blends them together. So we live in a much more fluid culture because of our media, because of our interaction with multiple cultures, depending on where you live. Um, we, We find it very easy to bend and flex. Taiwan is 99.9% Taiwanese. Chinese Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're born in Taiwan as a Taiwanese child, you grow up Taiwanese and you have very little exposure to other cultures. You know, seeing a, it's becoming more common now. There are definitely more foreigners in Taiwan than there were before. But when we moved over there 10 years ago, uh, the part of town that we lived in, uh, Taichung, um, was relatively there were very few foreigners. I mean, we would go out to eat and people would literally come up and without asking permission, they would, they would grab my son's hair because he's blonde and just rub his head and squeeze his cheeks and take pictures of us from across the restaurant because <laughs> we were so odd looking, you know. So y'all don't eat out much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's changed quite a bit. It's much more, we're much, much more normal now. Uh, they weren't interested in the gray hair. They're just not. The they're hair. not interested in the gray hair. <laughs> they're interested in the blonde hair. Um, so, uh, and so, what I'm trying to say is that the difficulty is when you introduce someone to a different religion in America, 
interacting with a different religion here is as normal as, you know, a, going to a different fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. When you introduce someone to a different religion in Taiwan, it's it's like introducing seafood to someone who lives in Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> you know, it's not, just, not a lot of exposure. Not a lot of exposure. Right. And so the cultural and familial systems in Taiwan that you are working against are very, very um, hardened. So there have been so many times where we've spent months developing relationships, um, sharing the gospel, sharing our lives, sharing our home, um, sharing meals and coffee and and only to see at the at the when you feel like you're almost to the point of someone sharing or coming to Christ, those old family systems or those old religious systems spring up, mm-hmm. and it's like it just blocks it. Yeah. And it's virtually only the Holy Spirit can overcome those things, but it feels like there's just been multiple times where that that block has happened and you just don't know what to do to get around it. Mm. So that would be one thing, one difficult thing about living in Taiwan. And I'm sure that many missionaries share that same experience. Right. Another difficult thing about, I think our ministry that we've come to experience is just the transient nature of it because we work with college students and because of our international church, almost both of those groups, um, they come and go. You know, the college students, we get to know them, and then they go off and go to work somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then our church, 70% of our church transitions every two to three years. And it's it's not that we they're going to another church because there just aren't any other churches. They're leaving the island. You know, they're going to another country. And so we have to say goodbye often. Yep. And that's difficult. Y'all need more people to come regularly from Amarillo to <laughs> That's visit. right. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Which I'm sure that, you know, we talked about the difficulty of COVID even and the oh, trips yeah. not happening and feeling isolated and then you have the transient yeah. nature of it. And mm. so that's, yeah. that's difficult. Yeah. yeah. COVID was definitely a difficult time. Yep. Well, uh, we always ask for a story of how God's working through your ministry, and uh, I know you have several, but yeah. if you could pick one or two and uh, share just some specific ways that you've seen God work through your ministry there in Taiwan. Yeah, I showed this video at um, a dinner we did not too long ago, but the, the bigger story is, um, it's it's a long story. Uh, we met this young lady, Alexa uh, six years ago, seven years ago at the National Teachers University. And when we met her, she came to us because we had a group come over. Um, that was really the only reason she showed up was because she got to spend time practicing English. Mm -hmm. And she would say that to your face. The only reason I showed up was because I wanted the opportunity to speak English. And we because the group was there and because we had that partnership with the local church we invited her to come to church and she was willing to come 
And uh, I remember sitting that night she came, and she came early, and it was me and Brian Lee, one of our interns, and her and another girl, and we were all just sitting there early before the service started. And she looked at me, or at Brian maybe, I don't know, and she said, we were asking her what she thought about Christianity and everything, and she said, this is a bunch of baloney. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't believe in this stuff at all. This is the craziest religion I've ever heard of. This, I just don't, I don't believe in this at all. And so I sent an email out to, I, t- I got a picture of her, and I sent an email out to all my supporters, and I just said, would you please pray for Alexa? I really want this girl to come to faith. Which has historically been, uh, you know, a pretty reliable way for people to come to faith, right? I think that one time you shared with me regularly when you send these updates out, Mm -hmm. please pray for so-and-so, the Lord will do something pretty powerful through that. Yeah, it is. It's very powerful, yeah. And Mm -hmm. so um, I think that got followed up with a couple of other emails about her over the course of the next couple of years. And it just seems sometimes, and again, it just takes a long time for for Mm -hmm. this because, you know, they just don't have any background or it just takes a lot of experience. And so she just started coming to hang out, mainly for the English. You know, she just wanted to practice English. And I would see her at the university regularly. She started coming to hang out. She made some friends. Uh, Other groups came and... Uh, met her so she got connected to more teams from America and the the beautiful thing about these teams from America is um, they show up and it's like a little microcosm of the church the fellowship the, the fellowship, community the community the love mm-hmm. and it's just like this you know it's like a vitamin K shot. It's a vitamin K, I guess you're supposed to get or whatever that just boosts you or whatever. I don't know. But it just, it's, or maybe it's adrenaline, you know, it's just like this little shot of spiritual adrenaline that happens. And you can't, you can't over uh, state it, the impact that a, a mission team has, especially the teams that we've had come. I know some people don't like mission teams to come, but I love them because we, I haven't had a bad one yet. Well, we don't have to say we won't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) but 99 out of 100 has been great Um, if you're the one you know who you are (laughs) you know who you are (laughs) actually you haven't been invited back so (laughs) you probably do know (laughs) and she just started coming and hanging out and asking questions and then one day it was like, you know what? I believe this. And I was like, what do you believe? She said, I, I believe what you're saying. I believe this. I believe in Jesus. I'm like, how did you go from this is crazy to I, and only the Holy Spirit can do stuff like that. Yeah. So I got to baptize her, which was just an amazing experience. And today, she serves faithfully at our church. She's there every Sunday, and she loves people. She is uh, just this beautiful, grown into this beautiful young woman. She shares her faith. She, her family is not Christian yet, but she is concerned about them, praying for them, and wants them to know Christ. 
and um, God is using her in an amazing way. So that's that's a long story. Uh, there's multiple stories like her that I, I could share. I think, you know, I haven't been in Taiwan for seven months. And so, right. well, except for a short-term trip. But um, I think the these seven months, one of the things that I'm really happiest about and most pleased about is that the churches have done really well while I've been gone. And, you know, sometimes you feel like it can't make it without me. You know? <laughs> and I think um, I was really pleased that they've done really well. When I get back, um, February 18th, Hope Fellowship is going to have its first baptism. And so that's exciting. You know, they we have to, we, we have a little plastic kids swimming pool right that we have to <laughs> fill up on the porch outside the place and so I'll, I'll share a video with you guys when we get that done but that's pretty exciting and so yeah god's doing good stuff yeah so yeah seven months here and then getting ready to head back so the the last question is just what are ways that we can be praying for you and krista yeah. uh, specific ways we can pray for you this year and in the coming years yeah we went to taiwan 10 years ago as a family of five and this time, when we get on the plane in a couple of weeks, it'll just be Krista and me. So, you know, it's a different season of life. Time to get a dog or? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Zach, why did you say that? We've already tried that. We're not, we're not ready to go back down that road. We'll um, see. Yeah. Over your dead body. Right? Uh, over my dead body. Yeah, this is my over my dead body moment. Krista's going to say, we need yeah. to go talk in the car, Todd. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, so I think it's going to be really fun. Uh, it'll be different for sure, but I think it's going to be really fun that Krista and I get to do a lot of stuff together now. She yeah. won't have the um, focus on making sure, you know, kids, all that stuff. And so um, we'll, we'll get to do a lot of stuff together. And she will have a, a new role in ministry, too, of ministering to the young women that God brings across our path. So. I'm I'm really excited about that. So pray for us that uh, God will um, give us vision for this new stage of life as we go back. Pray that um, God will use this year to see a great number of people come to faith. We've got a couple of interns coming over in June and July. A young lady from WT and a young man from Oregon, both college students. And so we're really excited about that. And then possibly a group of four or five students for the month of July from Fort Worth. And so, um, and then all the teams that are coming this summer and in October. So mm -hmm. I, I really hope this year is a great gospel year. And personally, I've just made a renewed commitment to be busy about sharing my faith in all yeah. the places that I go. Mm -hmm. And then pray for us as we um, just try to shepherd our kids from a great distance. You know, three adult kids. It's a different stage of life. And all of you listening who have those adult kids, you know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. So uh, this last year we, we took a missions team over. And that was the first missions team to do a camp in that style since COVID, right? Um mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, uh, Taiwan, when it came to a COVID response, they were one of the slowest countries to reopen things. That's right. Um, very sheltered, very locked down. And so this last summer was the first opportunity to bring a team over 
uh, the same way that we used to before COVID had happened. Um, and so uh, I think the Lord will work this year. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think he'll work in big ways this year. Um, and maybe as a last thing, can you just give kind of your pitch for why people from Trinity should come to Taiwan this summer to help with the, the summer camp? Yeah, sure. Well, there's a couple of reasons why. Um, first of all, as a, a personal reason, um, going on a, on a mission trip, whether it's to Taiwan or any of the other places the church goes, especially when you have an opportunity to build relationships and share the gospel, what I've experienced over the years, this is my personal experience, I found that it re-energized my personal evangelism where I lived. So, it, it, again, it was like kind of like that spiritual shot of adrenaline <laughs> that I, I needed mm-hmm. to be reminded that there were lost people all around me, not just across the ocean, but right here in Amarillo. Yep. So I think um, that's a, a, a great reason to go on a mission trip. Uh, and Taiwan is a great place because it's so relational. Um, you're not going to have to work hard to build friendships very quickly in a short period of time. And you are going to have an opportunity to talk about Jesus if you take it. So, um, yeah, that, that would be one big reason. The, the second big reason is because uh, God will use you. If you're willing to come and if you're willing to go through the training, if you're willing to be flexible and um, God will use you to make a difference in the life of a young person or an old person in Taiwan that you come in contact with. Mm-hmm. There are people there that don't know about Jesus. They don't have uh, that that I I can't reach. You, that's That's one of the beautiful parts of a gospel mission team is that you're going to help the missionary reach people that the missionary can't reach. And then when you leave, then I will have those contacts. Yep. But if you don't come, I won't get those contacts. So I think that's another great reason to come. So I just, I, I'm, uh, you know, we've had this great partnership for almost 20 years now yeah. in Taiwan. And um, that's not a reason to do anything forever. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's not <laughs> saying that we ought to do it forever or anything. But um, while we're there and while we still have this unique relationship, then we should make the most of it. Yeah. That's two great reasons. And the third reason is that it's fun. Right? Absolutely. We it have is fun, fun over there. Good we'll food. laugh. Good we'll, food. We'll have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I will, I, believe me, we, Krista and I will take great care of you. And you will have a wonderful time while you're there. Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, as you think of Todd and Krista, say a prayer for them. Remember these specific prayer requests, and then consider coming over to Taiwan, joining with the work that we're doing, helping Todd and Krista in the ministry that they're doing there. Um, it is a we live in a Christian community, so we we do the work of missions together. That's the way that the Lord set it up, and He did it for a reason. So I just want to say thank you to Todd for being on here and for uh, spending all this time talking about Taiwan and about the history of uh, how they got there and and all of that information. And 
I appreciate you making time for it. I know y'all are getting ready to go back pretty soon here. So I'm glad we were able to squeeze this in and do it in person before you head back to Taiwan. But we love your family. We'll be praying for y'all, of course. And uh, I look forward to coming this summer. And hopefully I can bring a bunch of Trinity people along with me. That's the goal. So thank you to everybody for tuning in, for listening. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode.